Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you are listening to the 100th episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? On this episode, I got to chat with Charlotte Curtis. She has multiple Spartan and Savage Race podiums, and last year, she ventured into ultra running and has been crushing it. But before that, I want to take a minute to talk about this being the 100th episode. You know, I started this podcast in 2017, and I think it was January 2017, and I had no idea what I was doing or what direction I was going to be going with it. I kind of was just interviewing friends and people on social media that looked like they had a cool story to tell. I honestly didn't think I would make it to 100 and have thought about quitting multiple times. I even thought about quitting on the hundredth episode because that's a good round number and it's like a good stopping point, right? But, you know, it was kind of sucked going through COVID anyway. There's no races going on, so there wasn't really a lot to, you know, do episodes on. So, you know, now that the races are coming back, you know, I'll, I'll probably make a few more episodes. But honestly, OCR has changed my life. You know, it's the reason I ran my first half marathon you know, my first ultra distance, you know, the reason why I took my first jet ride, you know, my first jet ride was to a race. You know, I've traveled to so many places I probably would have never traveled to because of OCR. And I, I just sent off for my passport. And and it's not that I sent off for my passport because I'm planning to do this race and it's going to happen. No, I sent off for my passport because if I see a race... I'm not going to have that. Well, shit, I don't have my passport, so I'm not even going to plan that. I'm not going to have that excuse. I'm going to have my passport in my hand, so if I see a race that I want to do overseas, I can just do it, you know. But, so, I I met the love of my life, Leanne Blizzard, because of OCR, you know. Um, I, I ran my first beast with a stranger that is now my best friend. Most of you know him as a big dickhead named Michael Robertson. And me and him have done probably 75% or more of all of our OCR races pretty much together. You know, I, I have so many new friends because of the OCR community and, and listeners of the show. And, you know... I wouldn't give anything for that. You know, this community has just been great. And the friendships that I've made are, they're priceless. And uh, I just wanted to take a minute and thank everyone. Uh, Everyone I interviewed, all of my listeners, and for all the messages or comments that, you know, you've sent. And just thank you for every time you say hey to me at a race and come up to me and talk. You know, I love that. You know, it, it means a lot, and in a way, it helps me want to keep doing this podcast. And um, 
Oh, yeah. And I want to thank Ryan Woods for the new intro he helped me do here. Um, but anyway, here's the interview with Charlotte Curtis. Thanks. Charlotte Curtis, what's going on today, girl? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Awesome. So, Charlotte, you've been crushing the OCR scene, and you just recently got second place at the Georgia Death Race. And for those that don't know what the Georgia Death Race is, it's a pretty intense race. I would say it's probably one of the hardest races in Georgia. It's a 74-ish mile race that starts at Vogel State Park and ends at, what is it, Amicola Falls? I don't know how you say it. Yeah, Amicola. And it's got like 24,000 feet of elevation gain and loss or something like that. Yep. So uh, before we dive into all of that, you know, tell us about like your early years, you know, like how you come up, what you do for a living and like how, how, like as an athlete, you know, just tell us about, tell us about Charlotte Curtis. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you, um, so I grew up in Vermont, like way up North and my parents were both really active. My dad was, uh, actually like a marathon runner back in his day, a very fast one, even cool. though he didn't actually run ultras. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up like right around the woods. And so we did a lot of like hiking and climbing, always like super active and played sports. Um, I was never very good at sports because I'm not super coordinated, but I was always pretty fast. <laughs> so I didn't really, like high school, I think I played a couple, like did cross country and played field hockey a couple years, but didn't really do a whole lot with team sports. I didn't play sports at all in college, so I was kind of like completely in the party scene, not in the working out fitness scene whatsoever. Right. Um. Yeah, until I was like 28, actually. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, do you want, like, more details about it? Like, I mean, at 20, 29, I met Drew, who was, like, that big OCR racer. Um, Drew Rossi, I think, like, everybody knows him, a lot of people in the Spartan world. Yeah. And he kind of, like, you know, was like, oh, you should, have you ever heard of Spartan Race? Nope. <laughs> no idea what it was. And, uh, yeah, I just, I was kind of, like, dove in. He asked me, like, when I wanted to do it, and we decided on Charlotte. So I'm kind of sad. I'm actually not going to be there this weekend. But what? But I know, I know. I'm not doing well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really doing any uh, any OCRs this year, other than maybe an Ultra Beast here and there. Definitely yeah. need to do an Ultra Beast. Well, yeah, it makes sense, right? Some right. Ultrasound, so yeah. Well, and and let me just well, let's get sidetracked a minute. Like you grew up into you did the sport because you loved OCR. You found Ultra, and you love Ultra. When you ma- when you mix those two together. I'm telling you, you're going to do your first Ultra Beast, and you're going to want to do all of the Ultra Beasts. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's. I think it'll be perfect. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Which Which Ultra Beasts have you chosen? Uh, I, I have not definitively chosen. I'm looking. Uh, I'm leaning towards Fayetteville. Right. Yeah. Well, you being the mountain goer that you are, you need to sign up for Killington too as well. Uh, you, go do Fayetteville. Go do Fayetteville. I, you know the funny thing about Killington, I grew up snowboarding on Killington. That is very close to where I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> so see, you, I should, and I have never done. I was at the OCR on the Noram Champs there like two years ago in Vermont, but that was the only time I've raced in Vermont. Right. So I have never done Killington Spartan. So I would absolutely love to. That's actually a great idea. When is that? It's, uh, it's, I want to say it might be the next to last weekend in September. I can't remember off the top okay. of my head. Okay. 
look that up. We're totally going, so you need to totally go up there with us. I nice. think oh, yeah, you would love that. <laughs> but like, go to Fayetteville and run that ultra there, and get your feel yeah. for it, and just realize what it is, and you'll probably win that race. Because you know how Fayetteville is. Fayetteville's flat as a board. It's just going to be oh, hot yeah. as hell. Yeah, you can fly at Fayetteville. So that'll be yeah, that'll be different. That'll definitely be different. I think all my other races are on mountains this year. So yeah. yeah. But you talk about like you know you get that runner's high from doing a long race, but when you finish that first lap and you come into the transition and you get that high of like I'm halfway oh, yeah. done. I know what I got to do to finish this. I mean, it's just, man, there's a lot of adrenaline, you know, in doing the Ultra Beast. And when you go oh, across okay. that finish line, I mean, you just yeah. realize you accomplished something really kick-ass. Oh, you're making me want to race right now, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I think you will fall in love with yeah. an Ultra Beast for, for sure. I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. Because it's going to mix the two things that, you know, one thing you were in love with and what you're in love with now and you're you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm excited. No, you're you're absolutely right. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> so Charlotte, how old are you and like what do you do for a living? You're a trainer, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thirty six, I just turned thirty six and I'm a personal trainer in Wilmington, North Carolina. I also teach yoga, but I kind of just do that kind of just do that here and there nowadays. I don't teach like a regular class at a studio anymore, but I run my own, uh, yeah, just like one-on-one PT ladies training and I do online coaching as you know, Yes. Um, as well. My as girlfriend well, is my lovely out of state ladies. So. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you own your own gym? Cause I always see you like at the same gym and stuff too. I do not. I own my, I run my own business. I, right. I rent out of a, kind of like a hairdresser out of space. I rent out of a gym called Fitmo here. I, um, that's the next step for sure. I'm going to have a brick and mortar, but honestly, I kind of want to move to Georgia. <laughs> honestly, I'm thinking about moving to the mountains, so I don't really want to do it here. Oh, I hear you. i tell you what, yeah, that, so that, that, that plan. the Northern Georgia area or that kind of yep. Tennessee area close to Gatlinburg, I would love, yep. me personally, I would love to live in the, close to the Smoky Mountains because those are some oh, of the yeah. best trails I've ever ran for sure. Absolutely. But I live in South Georgia where it's flat as a board and there's a lot of mosquitoes and gnats. Oh, okay. Well, you come, you come visit the North Georgia. <laughs> yeah, for real. You guys go up there a lot though, don't you? Yeah, oh yeah. We, we go to Gatlinburg every year and hang out. And we, try, we drive up North Atlanta and run a lot of trail races around there as well. Yeah. So, um, now, I think the first time I met you... You were finishing up first place at Conyers, and what we, I think that was like 2016, right? Yeah, 16 or 15. And you placed like first, but didn't you have like a burpee penalty or something like that? Oh, you're talking about the race with me and Tara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Sunday race. Definitely early 16 um yeah i won it and then she she admits even after the fact that she purposely did her burpees right next to me and i'm notoriously bad anyways for counting burpees and i counted one literally like i think three off but we were so close at the finish line that she actually she's like my best friend actually took first place away from me oh man oh yeah i've never lived that down i've beaten her like in other races so but we've had two really really close calls like that and she's beat me out in both of them so we were actually just talking about that the other day <laughs> right i mean <laughs> and, 
you know, and, and that's crazy, you know, because we've all probably, I know I've been in the middle of counting some burpees and been like, fuck, did I already count 20? Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you yeah. have to be like, well, I'll just do it again, you know. Yep. But I could only imagine when you, you're running elite and you know you're in first place and you're beside <laughs> somebody and you're both doing burpees, I could understand how you're you're sitting there wondering about what she's doing, how many she oh, own, yeah. and like, fuck, how many am I doing? <laughs> One hundred percent. Yeah. Little girl. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm I remember you saying early on, as us being friends, that I remember you saying that you didn't like to run. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I like I did not run in 2015 and 16. Um, I ran a lot of Spartans, and it wasn't you know so competitive back then. So I was, I mean, I was placing top three at almost all of them with like. 10 miles of running a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, if that. Oh, yeah, I, like, didn't run train. I uh, I was really big into, like, CrossFit and yoga um, in 2015-16. So, I mean, I still work out a ton. But, um, yeah, I almost never ran. <laughs> I, I really disliked it. I never really had done it. So, even, you know, like, even when I was younger, my dad was all about it. Like, I had never really – there was never a time in my life I ran cross-country for, like, half a season. Like, I never got into it and enjoyed it um, really up until, like, last year or so definitely a huge change <laughs> well see that was a missed opportunity when you were younger your dad could have been like an awesome running oh. coach for endurance yeah. yeah oh absolutely yeah <clears throat> are you are you and him still close is he still running oh no 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 um no my dad ran he was incredibly good for uh, like in his late 20s and then um after me and my sister came along my mom got sick and he kind of like kind of had to provide for everybody and quit running entirely it's kind of sad it's kind of why i quit like dancing and running too um right. it just wasn't really wasn't really the focus of our childhood but uh now he's actually got really so anyways he stopped running probably 40 years ago um which is too bad but you know you do what you gotta do and uh right. now he's got really bad arthritis in his feet from all the years of like running on like i mean he ran boston like six times oh, like, wow. running on the eight yeah he ran boston in 232 holy shit that's a that's like a six minute mile yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah he makes fun of me for being slow now which is uh, hilarious he can barely walk but we are we are so close so i actually just saw him last weekend you know and i don't have any kids but i still it's like it's hard for me to find time with everything going on to train too if i had like kids you know and, oh, yeah. a, and a job that was more stressful i probably wouldn't do yep. shit when i got off work you know what i mean oh it's crazy yeah i mean i can't I'm, I'm the same way like i'm exhausted and i'm like yeah i i, I all my friends that have kids and fit everything in it is awesome because i oh, don't yeah. know how i would do it either i'm with you my hat <laughs> is off to any parent that's in the game. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Because uh, that's like an extra job on top of like their regular job. And then they're trying to train. I mean, I can't imagine all the stressors that those people are going through. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you, you come up and you weren't like this big runner. And all of a sudden you transition to ultra running and you do it relatively super fast, and you started kicking ass at it. Tell us a little bit about this journey here. Um. Well, it was actually kind of interesting. So even up until uh, the pandemic, I was actually going into 2020. Like I had uh, switched to Savages pretty much. I remember I saw you guys there yeah. in 2018. 
Yeah, so I switched basically to Savages, doing awesome. I was going to do a couple Spartans, and I was planning on, like, you know, 2019, I did really well, especially the end of the year. So I thought 2020, like, I was running maybe, like, 20, 30 miles a week, like, trying to work all my running. Um, you know, definitely had, like, run coaches. I had Chris Dangle of Run Fooling. He was awesome. Um, put up with me for a long, long time in my always changing races and whatnot. But, um, so anyways, I was going in really ready to, like, crush the obstacle world in 2020. And then... I was I had a flight to Florida to go run my second OCR of the year, but run my first Savage at that Florida um, spring race, and yep. literally, I mean, I'm sure you remember, it got canceled. What, like two days before? It, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so yeah, big like, deal. Out of the blue, like yeah, and I, you know, so I had a flight literally the next day. And anyways, when that stopped, uh, and obviously I worked at a gym at the time. Um, I worked actually at a different gym. I worked for somebody else, and uh, I remember my boss calling me and being like this is going to be really bad. And I think it's going to shine. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like I remember being like, no, I don't think so. And then all, you know, then it kind of like hit as everybody knows all of a sudden. So anyways, um, during this time period, my gym shut down, um, all the races got postponed, everything basically at the time, as you, everybody knows, uh, everything was kind of up in the limbo and canceled. And, uh, Sean from Runbum races actually had like reached out to me like a year ago and saying that like somebody told him that I would crush some races and like I was really good and I could like, you know, whatever I should come to one of his events. But I remember like looking at his races and <laughs> being like, uh, <laughs> I can't do any of these. You know what I mean? Like I remember like looking at the <laughs> right. of him being like, you know, a lot of OCR people do like the short, like Brass Town, like the 5k. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess I could do that. Like a vertical 5k sounds fun, but I remember, like, for the first time ever in my life, looking at a list of races and being like, "Fuck that!" Is, yep, like, what is first of all, what what are these? And second of all, like, can I run that distance? Like, like actually contemplating the like the thought of the fact that I had never ran more than at the time this conversation was going on, I had never ran more than fifteen miles ever, and yeah. I'd only done that like four times in my life. My long runs were like eight miles, so wow. I, <laughs> yeah, so that kind of sparked my interest, and then. Uh, a buddy of mine from Florida, a photographer, like literally just recommended Merrill's Mile. The you know it's that single mile track um, in Dahlonega, right? In yeah. Dahlonega, Georgia. Yeah, he was like, you know, have you ever thought about doing something like this? And I'm like, I don't even know what a timed event means or is, or like, are there monkey bars? <laughs> I wasn't really sure. You know, I wasn't really sure, and I looked it up, and I was like, again, it was just kind of that I was fascinated because I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But the more I thought about it, I'm like. I can definitely work out for six hours. Right. So, like, even though it's running, I'm in my head, and that's just kind of, like, how I am. If I kind of decide on something, like, just, I'm like, okay, well, I can probably do it. I'm going to do it. You know, I don't – I generally am not – which it doesn't always work out great because <laughs> I have a very addictive all-in personality. So, at times in my life, I've gone all-in on things that maybe I should not have. Right. Uh, but, but at this stage in the game – I uh, I was just really intrigued by it, so I decided on July 4th of last year, that was my first ultra. So, I I mean, it's kind of history from there. I went, and it was very different from anything I had ever done, but I really enjoyed it, and I ended up getting 37 miles, so breaking my breaking my 15-mile record <laughs> at the time. Yeah, I'd um, say you broke it. Yeah, and it was funny because I remember as I was going by, uh, he, you know, Chris, my buddy, was Chris Thompson, was taking pictures, and he goes, all right, your first marathon, because I went from a half marathon, and then he goes, all right, your first ultra when I hit 32 miles, you know, it was, like, <laughs> it was just really cool. So I kind of skipped doing an actual marathon and an actual regular ultra uh, for that. And then, um, yeah, and then after that, I decided I would try a couple of the run bomb races. And I think, I'll say Grayson was my first one. 
think Sky Zone was after Cloudland was after Grayson or Quest. Um, but yeah, and then ended up just, I mean, I missed the mountains so much in Vermont where how I grew up that I just, I kind of, it felt very natural to me to be hiking and running up and up and down mountains. I literally did it as a kid all the time. Like that's, I mean, that is one thing we did constantly. Hike the Green Mountains, White Mountains, the Katahdin, like go to Maine. Um, so stuff like that. So yeah, it just felt really natural and really just kind of fell in love with it and didn't really look back. I went to that one Savage, uh, Georgia this year and did not have an exemplary time got stuck on an obstacle like looking at the finish line in third place <laughs> and oh, lost man. It. so yep that's what happened there and uh after that it kind of took the wind out of my sails for ocr and yeah so that's kind of how i just managed so from then on out i was like all right cool and i just keep kind of finding like good pretty races and keep going and trying them out and so of course i had to do the death race because that you know being one of like you said the hardest most iconic on the east coast in georgia like yeah how to do it <laughs> yeah and man i totally agree with you there's nothing like running in the mountains running technical trails not no yeah. service roads clean cut trails yep. good technical trails are fun to run it keeps you on your toes it keeps yep. everything interesting and there's usually an awesome overlook when any sometime right. during the trail so exactly. before you did this merrill's mile uh like did you like you know, start doing some extra running, you know, prepping for it? Well, I'm going to tell you a funny story. No, I actually couldn't <laughs> run, much like before Georgia Death Race. Um, I actually, let's see, what had happened? I was injured for like, oh, what happened was the, pain, the shutdown happened and I couldn't work out right away. And it was before I brought equipment home from the gym. And I work, I mean, I do two a days, like four to five days a week. So like my body is very, very, very used to, you know, like I'm right. sure you, like just going. So I started, I picked up my running too fast. I started adding miles like way too fast. And I uh, pulled like my pectineus or like one of my adductor or my like inner thigh muscles. And, like that's out of, like a groin. Basically. If you've ever done that, it is not. Yeah, it's not fun. Not I've done it. Yeah. So I couldn't run for like six weeks um, up until... I think around June, and so the race was in July, so I trained for, like, those four weeks, like, yeah, I picked it up, but, I mean, I really didn't, I don't think I did more than, like, total mileage a week, like, 40 miles, you know, I still stayed pretty close to, like, where I'd been, um, so, yeah, it was kind of, kind of crazy, but, again, I, I kind of just felt like I, I knew I could do it, and I just, like, again, it felt kind of natural when I got out there, so... I went with it. <laughs> right. So did you just feel like, I mean, was your body like crushed after running that many miles and never doing it before? Like, how did you feel during the race and afterwards? Well, I mean, again, the crazy thing, and if you look at pictures of me, like I am smiling, like relatively pain-free for most of the miles. It was kind of perfect. Like it was really hot. It was in the sun. It was a one mile loop. So I didn't have to think about anything. Um, I was getting water and gels fed to me every one mile, you know, right. I got food. So, um, during the race, I was, you know, I, I actually really, I remember I had a couple like dark moments where I just like, I can actually, that's, that's where I met Sean from run Bum races was at Merrill's mile. And I remember he ran with me for a lap or two. And at one point I was just like, stop talking, like, get away from me. <laughs> right. I was just in my dark, like, and he was like, if you didn't think this was going to hurt, like, you're an asshole, like, you're doing great. <laughs> I remember, like, yeah, like, something like that, and I was like, oh, but, uh, yeah, and I just, like, and I couldn't talk to Chris, I got all mad, but, um, but that's pretty much, like, how it goes. I'm pretty used, I'm usually pretty happy, like, 
the first third of the race, maybe first half of the race, I only get into like kind of a pain cave and like that kind of like middle, like right after you get halfway, but not quite like to like 75, between like 50 and 75% of the race, I guess. Right. So, um, and then afterwards, yeah, I pretty much felt like I felt like I'd been hit by a bus. But the funny thing is, I, so I said like my friend's a photographer. So the next day we were doing like, like photos in downtown Dahlonega. So yeah. I wear five inch heels the very next day, like walking around. It was horrible. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it was absolutely awful. But um, I mean, surprisingly, I mean, I think I got back to running at that point. Like I felt pretty invincible. I think I got back to running within like a week, you know, like maybe it took off like four or five days, but it, it wasn't like a huge. And I think that's what got me hooked too, because I was like, oh, well, that wasn't terrible. You know, like that was a long distance and like, I don't feel like dead. So I think that's what also kind of intrigued me, which again, I kind of built for it, it makes, I'm surprised I didn't do ultra sooner because it kind of makes sense with what I do. Yeah. You know, but I'm on my feet constantly. I do tons of blade work. Like I enjoy running now. So anyways, it kind of, I think everything finds you at the right time in life. And I think it's, it's kind of the perfect time, you know? And now I just, it's funny. Everybody's asking me about going to Charlotte this week. And I was just responding to like three or four messages. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like I might not be at any Spartans. <laughs> Maybe an ultra beast here and there. Um, but it's just weird. You know, it's my first year that usually I was all in the Spartans as you know, as you guys are, but yeah, you totally need to go to Charlotte. You're letting everybody down. I know, oh, I know, I know. There's uh, there's actually a Southern Tour race here uh, in Hampstead, and unfortunately, I've got like a really good buddy who's running the 50k, and then I'm right. gonna probably run a couple laps on the relay. Oh, cool. For my team, so um, and actually, there will be some fitos though. So the gym I the gym I train out of, the other awesome people I work with, right? They will be there. Yep. So there is a Wilmington presence going, but fortunately i'll be staying here <laughs> okay and you know and i think there's a lot to be said about you know what you said because i work maintenance at a hospital and i'm pretty much on my feet all day long you know and i think that if, if you have a job that's like that i think that you're halfway finished with an ultra beast if you're on, if, if, if you're doing a job that's where you're on your feet like that if you have the endurance to stand on your feet all day and you've been exactly. doing it for a long time I mean it's it's the same thing you just got to move a little bit faster you know that's just yep. if you want to finish of course I'm not talking about getting first place but you know everybody says you know well I'm not ready to do an ultra I'm like you don't know until you try And so, like, so you ran 37 miles on the six-hour challenge, yep. and how the hell did you get them swollen feet in some five-inch heels? Oh, I'm telling you, I don't even know. <laughs> Luckily, there are wedges. No stilettos. Just wedges, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. No, I'm telling you, my body really, but again, going to what you said, you know, even before I was a full-time personal trainer, I was a bartender and a personal trainer, and I would, you know, work one shift and. 5 a.m. in the morning and then work until 8 at night, like just running around on my feet. So I think really just my body's with working out, you know, for the last like seven years, I've been pretty much a workout nut. So, you know, you couple those things, your body's just kind of, kind of used to being beat up, as you said. So, um, you know, I think that it made the recovery a lot easier than for sure than on somebody, you know, somebody that had a desk job or, you know, somebody that didn't train. Because I think strength training, you know, I've talked to a few people about this now, like, I thought that, that being really muscular would be, like, a negative thing for ultra running. Like, oh, you always see, like, like maybe I need to get skinnier. I literally even said that at one point. I was like, well, maybe I need to lose a little muscle and, like, a little bit of weight. 
But um, it's actually the total opposite. You know, I think it's a huge advantage. Right. Oh yeah. I see, yeah, I see stronger, more muscular people getting like you know top ten, top twenty in ultras, where I feel like that's probably a newer trend. You know, not you know, haven't been in the sport super long. From what I can see, that kind of just starting to happen. But you know, for me, like my body, my back never breaks down. Like I, you know, keeping scapular traction for <laughs> twelve hours on end is not easy for somebody that can't do a pull up. But, you know, if you, from OC, coming from OCR to it, it's like, it, I, I don't know, I think it fits more naturally. Well, did you, you saw what male got second place, right? That's Jordan Jeffries? Uh-huh. Yeah, Josh Fiore? Yeah. Yeah, guess what he is? Yeah, he's All a doctor. Right. Protein. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just really funny. <laughs> he texted me, and I was like, I thought that was you out there, man. Yeah, man, that was that was pretty that. cool. Like, OCR, you know, he goes, am I an OCR runner? who runs ultras or my ultra ultra runner that runs OCRs. And I'm like, that's funny that you're half and half like that. Cause to me, I'm like, I wasn't, I was an OCR racer. Now I'm an ultra runner. I guess. I don't know. I still feel kind of like both, but it's funny. Well, he won that ultra race. That was at Iceland that first year too. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Cause he proposed to his wife at the finish line. I think if I remember right. Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and there was a bunch of people that run Spartan races that was there. Uh, Chad Chad was there, and Ducky was there, and Crystal Love was there. They were all there. Yeah, and then Christy McBride, girl at one. She's an old OCR racer. I see. I don't know her, I don't guess. I only never met her. Yeah, she's from Michigan, but she, um, I don't know. She hasn't really been on the OCR scene in a while, but she, she's good. She's awesome. She definitely runs some back in her day. Right. We're all the same, uh, yeah, like MIT Tough OCR team. Right. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So I bet, like, you coming from being a bartender and then going to being a gym rat, I bet that some of your days being in the bar were probably harder than your days being in the gym, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. So that was probably... I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was great endurance training there on a mental oh, aspect <laughs> and a physical aspect. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So, Charlotte, I want you to tell us about your weekend of the Georgia Death Race. Just uh, if you wanted to kind of explain to somebody what it is, what you went through, how you prepared for it, and how you fueled the whole race, just tell us the adventure of the Georgia Death Race. The adventure of the Georgia... Okay, so you mean like just like actual race-wise though, right? Just everything. Explain it to us what we are, what it was. Well... Uh, fittingly enough, when I was driving, so a lot of people stay at Amicola, um, at the little lodge up there and, you know, on that side of the mountains, that's where you finish and it's convenient. It's really pretty up there. So that's where I was staying. Um, so I headed there on Thursday night and of course it was, uh, and you obviously live in Georgia. So that was the night that you guys had like, uh, like the severe thunderstorm, tornado warnings everywhere, tornado touchdowns and flood warnings. So. Um, I got there, got to the lodge, somehow alive. <laughs> the worst time. Those out of the last hours were horrible. Um, anyway, settled in. Beautiful place. So, apparently, normally, Sean does, like, a big speech, and there's, like, a big kind of, like, party at Packet Pickup on Friday night. Um, because this year is so COVID, he didn't have that. So, you know, there really wasn't much to do. I did a little, I did a shakeout run on Friday. Um, actually come to find out I did, where I did my shake out run, I had no idea because I just I went out <laughs> on my own and just kind of like looked for a trail close by. 
Um, I didn't realize someone used the actual trails that led out of the lodge. So I ended up cool. on the actual course, not intentionally doing my shakeout, but that was kind of funny because it was in the last 70 or so miles that I hit the same spot that I had run the day before. And it was like a, kind of like what like you were saying about like the breath of life. You were like, got like super excited again. I kind of was like really dead at that point. And it was a nice little jolt back, but I digress. So Oh, well, that's that cool. Friday. Yep. <laughs> Um, so Friday night, so there was packet pickup outside the lodge, and I saw Christy, and like I said, we're friends, the girl that won first place, so it was kind of funny, um, just talking to her a little bit, and they had just gone out to eat, we're both like, yep, we're going to bed, some people were like talking about like going and having beers and stuff, and we were like, huh. yep, nope, we're going to bed at like 6 o'clock, like that's both of our plans, because in the morning, you have to drive uh, to Vogel State Park. So, well, that's a good hour drive, isn't it? It's, what'd you say? That's a good hour drive, isn't it? Oh, it's a good over an hour drive, yeah. So it's like at like an hour ten, that you know, hour ten something like that. So. And yeah, when did the race start? So you gotta wake up real early. <laughs> right. So my alarm was set for three o'clock in the morning. Um, which is I had everything laid out. Um, as far as fuel, so I'm pretty, again, being so new to ultra running, I'm pretty bad at eating, but I'm getting, I'm trying to get better about eating real food. I'm still pretty bad at it, so I fuel a ton with gels and gummies. Yeah. Um, I do it all my, like, long training runs, 20-mile training runs and whatnot. Like, really all my training runs. Um, but it's worked for me for, like, longer ones. So, like, talking to a few people and my coach, they all were kind of like, well, I mean, that's good, but, like, make sure you're trying to eat real food at stations. And obviously, you know, if this is a crazy distance, um, you have to be eating real food. So I was loaded down with... I had my draw bags full and, you know, I had tons of guys. I had, you know, I like bananas. And I like bagels. So I had some bagels with peanut butter and bananas on um, path. I made oatmeal before we left. Uh, and then, yeah. So as we were going, I actually felt really sick to my stomach. I had like eaten, I don't eat out a lot. I cook for myself mostly. So right. I'd eaten out a lot on Friday and I don't know if it was just probably nerves a little bit, but I eat oatmeal every single morning of my life, like literally religiously. If I don't have it, I'm generally quite cranky by like 6 a.m. So I was like, all right, we're going to stick to the plan. So I, I made coffee and ate oatmeal. And I uh, I was riding with Sean and I literally thought I was going to have to stop throw up. Like I really actually felt pretty terrible at the start and I was getting pretty nervous. Um, you know, because I trained, I trained really hard for this race. Right. I, for, yeah, for the last eight weeks at least, I had, um, I had a big event in January that also actually put me out for about four weeks, three weeks of running, um, but after that, I had spent quite a few weeks, really, like, this being, you know, my, this is my super, was my super important race of the spring, and then I've got, you know, like, one or two in the fall that I consider my kind of eight races, so, at any rate, I was very nervous at the start, actually, as I was getting ready, um, I, you know, I had my, I, we got our axes, we or our, I'm sorry, our spikes we got that morning. So, you know, I went and got my spike. Sean gave a speech that morning. So we were all kind of gathered around, and I was just kind of getting ready while he was giving a speech. And I actually really, I was excited, but I I was really worried about <laughs> my, how I was going to eat and how I was going to feel. But, um, I, you know, we start in the dark, and we start with a road run. And as we left off I you know the more we ran up actually the better I felt I felt great for the first 30 miles of the race like right. yeah like really good like I got to eight stations super happy I, I fell into second place right in the beginnings I uh, my goal actually for the race since I know Christy um 
excuse me, and I, I had kind of stalked results and stuff, and obviously, well, not obviously, because I'm sure not everybody does this, but I always look at ultra sign up and see the entrance and see the rankings um, and kind of see what's going on with the people up top, and I, I knew she was going to be like a big, big a challenge because she's obviously faster than me and has been running ultras. Well, not obviously, but she beat me at Sky to Summit, so right. we know that she's faster than me as of, you know, October 2020. So, anyways, I was worried about her. I was going to try to pace with her, but she uh, took off like a jackrabbit. <laughs> so, I hung back and kind of settled into second and just kind of worked from then on. I made I made one big mistake. I definitely, uh, between miles like 20 and 30, I forget what aid station it was, but I, I finally, like, I didn't have my headphones working for the first bunch of miles, which ended up being fine because I was really scared about getting lost in the dark, and I was kind of, like, pacing with a couple guys and talking, so, like, that was fine, but as soon as I put my headphones in, it had gotten light out. Um, I'm pretty sure I took off a layer. Like, I, I just felt amazing, and it was when you get to a section with a lot of downhill, and I could cook downhill, but I didn't. I was cooking it like I was running a 50K, not 50 more miles. Right. So, yeah, that. So, anybody running the Georgia Death Race, between miles like 20 and 32, do not run really fast downhill. My uh, after leaving that that aid station at 32, my quads started locking up, and oh, I mean no. I'd been hydrating like mofo, but it was hot out. I was getting all sorts of muscle spasms, and 100% from going too fast on the downhills too early. But I uh, I don't know. So from 30, well that's kind of when the pain case set in. So from 30 to which I've run 50 miles two other times before, but that's it. Right. So from 30 to 50, my legs aren't really used to that distance, so they were pretty pissed off. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, and then the problem was, a lot of problems. So anyways, I mean, I kept, but I just kind of like just plugged away. That's kind of how I approach every race. Like I kind of take it into segments. Like, you know, and that's what a lot of people have told me and it works. Like get to the next aid station, get to the next two miles. Like depending on how bad you feel, it's like get to another mile. Um, but I was doing aid station. So I'd be like, all right, got, you know, three more miles, four. Yeah, you got this. So I just plugged away, was doing really good with my eating until, until, um, Nimblewell was like a big aid station. Oh, wait, no, Nimblewell's the last one. I'm sorry. Not Nimblewell. Point Bravo. Um, so Point Bravo, and there's like a bunch of people there and food, and like you're kind of like, okay, you're at the 50 mile mark of the race. You're pretty much, you know, two thirds of the way done. You got one third left. And I just, for some reason, I couldn't eat. drank some ginger ale and tried to eat a sandwich, and my stomach just turned right there. Mm. And yeah, and so from then on out, I kind of dry eat and miles 50 to 60 were all were also pretty rough i definitely oh, contemplated like jokingly like i don't think i really would have dropped out but um i didn't think that i was gonna have the thoughts that i did i thought about like i had you know the, the injuries i dealt with from january were like my piriformis my it band and, I, and they were not actually bothering me during the race that's good and i literally in my head was like <laughs> oh sorry i'm like eating bacon right now that's okay. um, <laughs> yeah just choking on some bacon that's it um so no, I, I literally was like, oh, I could just, in my head, I was like, I could just say that, you know, my injuries flared up and I'm hurt. Like, I could just throw myself down this cliff. Like, I could just, like, I had all these thoughts of things I could do to just not have to keep going. But, of course, inevitably, I did keep going. Um, and then by the time you get to that last aid station at the 60, I think, three or four mark, you're pretty much just Second ready wind. to go. And for me, it was getting dark out. Um, that's where I saw a bear. <laughs> apparently, huh? apparently, the Yep, at like mile like sixty five or six, that's the aid station. I guess there's like an inn with a big compost thing there. 
so it's like calming. But let me tell you, I thought I was hallucinating at first. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And then I, I was bet. like, oh, that is really a baby bear. And what scared me is that I know, obviously, if there's a baby bear, there's clearly a mama. A mama, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so it's like after that aid station, you're just... Um, actually, I, got, I didn't actually get lost again, though. I was going down the trail, and I was sure... I actually wasn't lost. I was sure I was lost. I hadn't seen a pink five in forever. So I actually doubled back on the trail, which which had me going straight back up for about... I mean, if I had to guess, honestly, like, not a ton, but like five to 700 feet. And wow. luckily, there was a headlamp, because I'd been alone for, like, a really long time. Like, we were all pretty spread out. Uh, the top the top 15 were all, like... not not I guess not necessarily the guys and girls. The girls were really spread out. And then the guys were generally at that point pretty like well too. So anyway, uh, a headlamp came down and it ended up being a guy. And he was awesome, Mark from Florida, uh, and he ended up we ended up doing the whole end of the race together, and that was just great because we could talk and kind of you know you felt like your legs were gonna fall off your body. Yeah, thought, get your like, mind out of the that gutter. Was, that's the worst my legs have ever hurt in my life. Easily, that was the hardest race I've ever done. Easily, I'm sure. <laughs> so having a buddy to do the last leg with our headlamps on was was awesome. Oh, and then and then my grand finale was. The stairs had actually been washed out by that storm. Oh, wow. Sean had rerouted it. Yeah, and so we had no staircase at the end. So, of course, he reroutes it to, like, another, like, mini climb. Like, right when you're ready to, like, die and see Jesus. Like, he literally, you go up one more time, and you're, like, cursing. We're both, like, we're over this. Like, <laughs> not happy at all. But you go back down and go across the river again, um, and then there's the finish line. So, you're, like, super happy, and you see the river. Well, I jump in the river and fall flat on my face. So, yeah, that's how I ended at 1030 at night. Nice. So, fall felt pretty good at that point. I was, like, covered in blood. I'd, like, fallen, like, two or three times, cut myself, like, <laughs> taken a few headers. But, yep, fell in the river, final <laughs> final thing that I did. And uh, everybody crossed the river. Apparently, I was not the only one that fell in it. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and then you get that awesome, satisfying, where's your spike? And you get to throw away the crappy spike you've been carrying the whole race and, um, saw he handed out, you know, the official Georgia Death Race one, and that was pretty. And then I got my little wooden, my wooden skeleton for second place, and I was pretty euphoric. That was pretty amazing. That was definitely one of the happiest finishes of my life. Well, I'm sure you were pretty stoked. And for those of you, if, if you don't know what she's talking about, she's talking about a railroad spike. They make you carry a railroad spike during the whole race, and it's to symbolize like the nail in your coffin or something like that, right? Yep, the burden you bear. Yep. Yep. So, did you have, like, was there, like, an area, like, one of the aid stations where you had, like, a drop bin, per se, or something like that? Or were oh. you just completely going off of their uh, aid stations? No. So, yeah. So, there were two drops. But here's the funny thing. Mine didn't make it there. So, oh, that no. kind of took some wind down my sails, too. At mile 30 was the first one. And mine wasn't there. So, come to find out, I put it in the wrong pile, which is, you know... Pretty fitting for a newbie still. Like yeah, I've totally forgotten them before. Let's see, Cobbling Canyon, I totally forgot them. Um, yeah, and I've misplaced them in the wrong pile before. But anyways, so yeah, so you actually did a mile 30 and at mile, um, the one before Nimblewell, mile uh, Jake Pole. At 52, you also had one. So I did have one at Jake Pole, but at that point, I was super sick. Um, there was actually a bunch of nurses. It was really sweet. Was, I mean, everybody there was amazing all the volunteers but they were they were these three women were amazing they were like no you need to sit down they were like holding ice on me like apparently i must have looked pretty rough coming in there <laughs> they seemed very concerned about me eat, and i told them i hadn't been able to eat 
and uh, one lady was literally holding a cup of Gatorade and pouring it down my throat. Um, so that was, yeah, so I got my drop bag, got a change of socks, um, which I did not use because I was so tired. I was literally so tired. I didn't want to expend any extra energy to take my shoes off and put them back on. I can imagine. Yeah, I was like, I was pretty sure I had a pretty good lead on third because um, there was that one, there's one area where there's a switchback and you can kind of see the distance. Yeah. It's pretty early on, but if you can extrapolate that across, like, the, I, I knew that, like, changing my socks wouldn't, like, change anything, but, yeah, I was just so tired. I just didn't do it, so <laughs> I tried to eat another gel and gummy, like, walking away, and I, you know, I got, like, most of my bag was gels and gummies, but it's too bad. I couldn't eat, I couldn't eat the banana and couldn't eat the bagel, so, but yeah, that was, I, I did the last, the last uh, 25% of the race for sure on way less calories than I should have, but really not much I could do about that. Yeah, I have that problem too. Like, I've I don't know how many times I've tried to put like a peanut butter and jelly in my drop bin during an ultra, but when you come into transition and you're breathing hard, yep. you just can't swallow that damn thing. Exactly. Yeah, you're dying. So, <laughs> so uh, and your final time, what was that? It was like, was it seventeen hours and some change? Yep, seventeen, eighteen, but not what I wanted. What, what were you shooting that last for? Session took me almost three hours to do ten miles, like something right. crazy like that. What like time? The last section took forever. I couldn't run. Oh yeah, so the last like from the last aid station to where I saw the bear, and I definitely jogged a little bit when I saw that bear. I'm sure. Oh, uh, but when I met up with Jake, so maybe around mile like 65, 66, um, I literally couldn't run. I kept every time I tried was when I fell on my face, so I fell like three times, and I was like. And it was dark out, and I just told him, I was like, oh, man, you go ahead. I was like, I, I'm like, I'm literally going to have to walk the last last eight miles of this race. But, I mean, I didn't care. I was like, at this point, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, right. yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> I know a friend of mine that ran it, uh, he was telling me that there was like 20 miles of service roads that you ran almost. Yep. That sounds I awful. I think it's like 14 this year, but yeah. That sounds awful. Oh, well, this is the time that I'm talking about, too. Yeah, this is between 50 and 60. Uh-huh. That would have been yeah, the worst like, section, especially, like, towards the end. The like, you asked Sean about the race. Like, he, Sean is a brilliant race director. Like, I never really thought about the courses. And at this one, I was literally thinking about it. I'm like, this is meticulously planned. Right, you die in the beginning. All the huge climbs are in the beginning. Your legs are smoked. Idiots like me go out too hot. Like, that's super smart. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a really pretty section in the middle where you're on, like, these, like, rusty red clay roads, and, you know, it's springtime, so everything's, like, vibrant, like, light green, full bloom, like, um, and for us, we had amazing weather, in my opinion, um, a lot of people said they dropped due to the weather, which is, I mean, for me, like, living on the beach for the last, like, 12 years, I'm, like, 12 years, wow, like, 16 years, um, I'd rather it be warmer than colder, (laughs) I'm, like, it was, like, 70-ish, like, that's perfect to me. Like partially overcast. Yeah, people were dropping because they said the heat, but I mean, it was humid. No, that's perfect yeah. weather. Yeah, so, I thought it was great. Maybe it was 75 during the day, but I mean, that was awesome. Are you going to do it again next year? Well, initially, I was like, absolutely not. Never again. My of course. Top three, I got it. Like, blah, blah, blah. But upon further contemplation, um, I really wanted to get 16 hours. And, uh, I was 80 minutes off that, so I definitely think with another year of training, 100%, I can get my time next year and do well, so yep, I will be back for next year. 
Oh, I'm sure that easily cut off an hour easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah, over a period of so many miles, that should be easy take for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I hope so now that you've done the race, you know what it's like next year when you do it again, what are you going to do different that you didn't do this time? Number one, I am not going to eat a bunch of fast food on Friday. <laughs> I'm going to cook my own food. He's staying somewhere that has cooked good food. What did you That's eat? A... Huh? What did you eat? Uh, a Subway sandwich. Which I, This is going to sound crazy, but like again, you have to remember, like I eat pretty strict, and I eat like the exact same things all the time. So, um, yeah, well, I decided I had breakfast. I had like a Starbucks sandwich, like breakfast sandwich for breakfast. I had a Subway, like some kind of sub for lunch. I had a fried chicken sandwich um, from Wendy's, which was delicious. <laughs> but like, I, I don't eat fried and I don't eat fast food or white bread ever. So like, just really silly choices, honestly, to make. Um, and then what did I cap the day off with? Like hibachi or something. Like nice. So like all relatively healthy food, but like not in the way that I eat it ever. You know what I mean? So just like. Just bad enough that my body was like, well, that was like, I didn't, like, I never feel bad in the mornings. I get up super early, like you, every day. You know, like my body's used to getting oatmeal and coffee in early, and it was, you know, not happy. So, number one, absolutely the day before, eat better. Um, get a little more sleep. I didn't get quite as much as I planned. Um, and not smoke the downhills is like the main thing, like pace better in the, in the first half. Um, but I had, you know, I aggressively hiked sections. Oh, and then be able to run the, the end of it. Like for sure. Like, uh, I, I mean, I figure at that point too, I, so I've only been ultra running technically for like eight months. So I really haven't had like a ton of time to like train my digestive system. So also in a year from now, I should be able to eat way more than I was able to at this race. So I think that's going to make be a big game changer too, make a huge difference. Try to wean myself off of like, you know, two gels every hour. So my body also definitely got sick of that. Right. So what you got to do, Charlotte, is you got to work on that iron stomach. You got to learn how to eat shit the day before a race. I, well, <laughs> or just eat good, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, See. it's funny because usually I do go out, like, before OCRs and stuff, I always go out for, like, Italian or seafood, like, you know, like, a, but I guess, but still, I still think, like, all the different, like, I think the sauces on the sandwiches and stuff are right. the stuff I ever eat. I just, because I eat so, I mean, I eat really basic. Like, I eat healthy, but, like, basic. Like, you know, it's probably like, really yeah, rich to your system, yeah. All I really eat is chicken and salmon. Like, very stagnant. Like, healthy but stagnant diet. So, yeah, I just... It was not, it was not, like, the fried chicken sandwich was probably what did it. I don't ever eat anything like that, so that was probably, unfortunately, the kiss of death. It was so good, though. <laughs> I know, pathetic, right? That's funny, though. I know. So, like, after that race, I'm sure, like, your whole body was wrecked. Was Like, what did you do to recover from it? Mm. Well, um, so I've done it, well, pretty much, I, I couldn't walk well for one day. I drove myself home that next day. Um, it felt pretty good, so being that I teach yoga and I actually really enjoy it, I think that's the other thing that's lucky about my recovery, like, I literally just kind of switched to instead of working out every day to doing yoga for like, you know, not super long all the time, but from 30 to like 80 minutes a day. So I was doing that, um, massage, get a good full body massage from the awesome, awesome woman that works at my, uh, my gym as well. 
Miss Lori Beth. Um, I went cryo. I sit in Norma Tech. I borrowed some compression leggings from a buddy of mine. Um, and yeah, did a ton of stretching and then a ton of actually here. You'll appreciate this. So it's funny that you said I have to learn how to eat like bad food before a race. Yeah. But literally the week after, like all I had was like pizza and chicken wings and like I let myself have stuff like I let myself have two days for like four or five days. Fucking A. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> now I now I got back to normal, but I actually do let myself kinda like slack on my eating. Um, not just like, just like, because I, like, I kind of just want to give my body all the calories I can. So, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of, that's basically it. And then now, you know, this is, what is today? Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. These are the first two days I've been able to actually even get back to the two a days. So I'm wow. very excited, but I feel pretty, I feel, I mean, I know I'm not fully recovered yet, but I feel pretty, pretty close to getting there. For those of you, if you don't follow Charlotte on Instagram, you need to because she don't look like she's got a percent of body fat on her. So it's good to hear that she indulges in food every once in a while. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I pizza is still, so I don't do dairy, but uh, mellow mushroom, which I know most of us have around us, yes. has a wonderful vegan cheese. So I eat pizza. If I, if I give myself one cheat meal, I think... Probably two or three times a month, I have a nice, nice little pizza. Like, I love wings, so, yeah, absolutely. Me too. I mean, listen, I tell my clients, like, I, you know, a lot of personal trainers are preach, you know, as, like, aptly so, rightly so, that if you eat absolutely perfectly, like, that is the fastest way to results. But to me, I mean, I do a lot more. I feel like I try to, you know, get to know my clients a lot more, like, psychologically. Like, I don't think you can really just deprive yourself all the time and make yourself do things. And be enjoying the process. So I tell my clients, I mean, even ones that need to lose a lot of weight, like not to, you know, not a cheat meal a day, not, you know, right, not yeah. every day, but like if your body is telling you that you really want a cheeseburger, like there's a reason, like if it's a week and you have that craving, like go get one. Like, I don't, you know, I think we need to give ourselves like at least one cheat meal, something very enjoyable a week, yeah. you know, if you are super disciplined. Now I don't think again, like, I had one client that came to me after about two months of training and she worked super hard and said she was doing her cardio and nothing was really changing on the scale. And, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well let's, you know, at one point finally I was like, well, let's talk about your nutrition. Like how are you been eating? Blah, blah. And she goes, oh, I've been eating really, really good. And I've been meal prepping and like talking about all that stuff. And she goes, and I've just been doing that one cheat meal a day. Huh. And I'm like, oh honey. <laughs> I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> well, I thought you said one a day. I'm like, no, 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 not a day. That would be a third of what you eat <laughs> would be something you consider bad. I'm like, that's not necessarily great. <laughs> I said once a week, though, is probably fine. <laughs> so. Yeah, I need to work on that, too. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, nutrition is a hard part for a lot of people. Like, it is. But, well, and you know, it's funny, like, because for me, like, it's, I got lucky because I grew up, my parents were, like, really, like, big hippie Vermont. Like, we grew our own food. We had chickens. Like, oh, I grew cool. up, like, harvesting vegetables and collecting eggs. So, like, we, we didn't even know what fast food was. Right. Like, we weren't, allow- we weren't allowed to have it, and, like, we didn't have it. We had it on trips, I think, when I started getting older. But, um, so, anyways, I just never really craved it. But Well, did you have birthday said- cake on your birthday? You had to have birthday cake on your birthday. Oh, dude, we would have, like, weird stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, but not really birthday cake. Like, I would have, like, my dad was a chef, too, so he would make, like, 
uh, chocolate mousse with strawberries. And, I'd like, fucking run away. And, like, angel food cake with strawberries. Like, we'd always have some kind of dessert, but it was still kind of like a hippie crunchy dessert. Yeah. <laughs> like, angel food cake, that's not too bad, but a birthday cake is a birthday cake, no, man. We didn't have regular cake, though. No, like, never. Unless, like, I think my sister, like, maybe my sister and my mom. I never, my birthday's New Year's Eve. We never had it. I never had it. Yeah, but, I mean, that kind of goes, like, I mean, so anyway, so you don't really crave it, so my point of that rant being is, you know, if you, if your body is accustomed to always liking bad food, that's just by design, like, you have to, it's the same as training to run, basically, like, you, or, like, for me, training to eat while running, you you literally just have to do it, and, you know, after two to three weeks of eating pretty strict, like, you've created that neural, like, pattern, so there's at least... You know, your your body's at least going to start to want to create better things. So, right. So, like, I, I just tell people, I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, it's hard to take full transitions, but the more you kind of half ass it and like half do it, the like the long way longer it's going to take because you're never going to really get your body to switch what it wants. Oh, absolutely. I've noticed like if you stay away from foods that have a ton of added sugar, you, your body will quit craving yeah. sugar. Yeah, eventually. I mean, the first few weeks it will definitely still crave it, but yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. You deprive it long enough. Like I love cheese. I used to eat a grilled cheese and macaroni and cheese, honestly, almost daily. I probably <laughs> ate dairy daily for years and years and years and years. And I had to quit it for not people like, Oh, just, like for body fat reasons. I'm like, no, I quit it because it actually made my skin better, um, like, five years ago. And, I, you know, I just really, like, vegan powder just worked really wet, better for me than whey. And um, I thought I was going to die without macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and it's funny. I, yeah, and it's so funny because now, like, I, I really don't even think about cheese. I don't see it and want it. And if I have it, like, accidentally on a sandwich, I don't like it. So, yeah, your body will just change. Your, you know, your taste buds will change. It's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating, really. Yeah. You know? Well, Charlotte, I had a bunch of other races I was going to ask you about, but we're getting close to time. But there is one race I wanted to ask you about, and you don't have to divulge in it much, but it's one that I've wanted to do. And it's that assault on Blackrock race. It's just a seven-mile race, but it's like super steep and then super fast coming back down. Yes. Um, That race is awesome and super fun. So that's out in, uh, what, Silva, North Carolina? Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, but it is literally like, I, and, you know, that was right when I was still very baby, baby on ultras. Um, it, you literally just start on a straight-up climb. And, you know, I think why I did well was because I, without knowing what douche grade was, was able to run douche grade. You know, I again, I had no idea what I was doing. I had a handheld water bottle. Uh-huh. Yeah, which was fine. You know, for a seven-mile race, like, that's probably where I worked yeah. for the chicken anyways. Um, yeah, and I remember somebody was making fun of me because I was doing, like, all my, like, running dynamics. They're like, oh, OCR racers have to stretch and get ready. And I'm like, I mean, I just feel like it's kind of stupid if you don't warm up before you go run. And oh, yeah, mile. for like, sure. You know, like, I kind of was like, I forget who said it. I honestly think it wasn't even somebody I knew. And I remember, like, just kind of like, I don't think they are being mean. I think they are just, like, laughing about it. But I was like... Uh, I mean, like, you guys not warming up seems stupid to me, so... Fuck that <laughs> like, guy. Make fun of me all, for my butt kicks all you want and my leg swings, but I'm, um, I'm hella religious on doing dynamics before I, before I attempt anything. Heck um, yeah, I'll warm like, up before go, anything. You literally just go straight up, and my, I just ran the runnable parts, and the very last little, uh, little climb, you gotta save a little bit for, because you do, like, eight to a thousand feet, something crazy like that in, like half a mile or a mile like yeah. i think half a mile like yeah and then you get this like pretty view but 
you, you know, for me, I'm always like racing, racing. So for me, I just kind of like looked at it really quickly, took it, like smiled, and then just you just cook those downhills. But they're pretty straight down. It's uh, it's not single track all the way though. It's pretty wide a lot of the trails. So that right. makes it. Yeah, that's pretty nice, and it's fast, man. You should do it. It's so much fun. Yeah, I love bombing some downhills. But what's cool oh, about yeah. that race is they have that challenge where, like, if you get a belt buckle, if you finish it, and what is it like, a hundred and ten minutes? Is that right? A hundred and ten or a hundred and one. Maybe that was it. Hundred? No, I think hundred and ten would be it's something like that. I think it's yeah. Or maybe it's an hour and ten minutes, something like that. That's what I was gonna say. That's why I think it's yeah. I think it's an hour and ten minutes. I think it's in eighty minutes because I think I got because uh, you you got it. No, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'd have to look. I'd have to look up the times because so it was self-report the year I did it. So we all ran and then we just sent the rest race director because like there was some COVID problem. Right. Um. So we just sent the race director our times. And again, it's funny because Sean is actually the the guy that won, and I won for girls, and I think we were ten minutes apart. So I'm trying to remember if his time was 108 or and I was 118. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe 110 minutes. But I got the belt buckle. I have the belt. I cool. have the belt buckle. So I definitely did it. Um, in a in a decent in a decent time, although not quite as fast as Mr. Blanton. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'd like to give that one a go. That looks like a really cool race. I know we're um we're signed up to do that 10K at the Quest for the Crest, and that that seems like a pretty hard 10K too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna be there or not. I don't think so. Maybe I'll just be hanging out. Maybe I'll be volunteering. Well, I think Isn't that. that I think Fayetteville's like close coming up, so that's why yeah. we're doing the shorter one. We're not gonna do the longer one there. But, uh, so what other races do you got planned for, uh, 2021? Well, um, I am notorious for changing races and switching around my schedule, but, uh, I can definitively say that, so I'm kind of, I'm not one the one I'm, I 100% will be at Grayson Highlands. Uh, I was 50 K in three weeks. Um, I did the 50 miler last year and I got lost and huh. <laughs> got lost for three miles and I had to kind of be in the girl that I ended up getting second again, actually, which currently seconds my, it's my number last year. Maybe I try to get more than the first places and seconds, but, right. um, I mean, actually the girl that won got lost together. So I kind of wanted redemption on the 50 mile course, but I'm feeling pretty beat up after my first two big efforts of the year. So I kind of, I'm just going to run the 50 K. Um, it's beautiful up there. So that's just, I mean, it's obviously still a competitive race, but I just love it. It's, it's, have you guys ever been up to that one, the ponies? I haven't, no. It's cool. There's uh, So, Grayson Highlands, Virginia has free-range ponies, wild ponies, and they're literally... Oh, that's cool. All, yeah, like all over the course. So, it's uh, it's really pretty pretty awesome. Um, So, I'm definitely going to be there. I kind of want redemption at Merrill's Mile, so that whole you know race that we were talking about, I ended up getting fourth by one mile, which... Like, you know, if you know me, I'm super competitive, so I'd love to try to get top three. Right. And uh, it kind of, I was so excited. And then I just, when I couldn't do that last mile, I knew, I knew I was going to fall short by a mile. It was pretty crushing. There's some funny photos of it. I was pretty, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, who's mad about fourth place in 37 miles? But I was like, I was. And like, like, secretly, you know, I tried not to be, but I definitely was a little bit. So, 
Um, that is Fourth of July weekend, and I might show up there and try the twelve hour option. Oh, wow. Um, yep, that's on the horizon. Maybe like say a couple Ultra Beasts, maybe Fayetteville or Ohio. Um, and that's all I'm really kind of definitive on right now. Killington, Killington. Yep, and I gotta look up Killington. Absolutely, definitely. Correct. And now Killington. <laughs> all right, Charlotte. <clears throat> We're getting on an hour here, but there's always a couple of, there's a bunch of questions I always ask everybody that comes on the show, but since we're already at an hour, I have two questions left for you. Okay. The first question is, is to this date, what is your favorite race that you've ever done and why? I mean, this is going to sound cheesy and obvious, but it's definitely a death race. Um, And why? Because it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Right like on. the hardest physical, definitely the hardest physical effort I've ever done. Um, you know, I mean, I'm relatively undertrained for it. Like, really, like I'm not. You crushed I've it. Never logged. So even once I got into ultra running, we didn't really touch on this, but I've never logged weeks of over like 30, 40 miles. Still, that's kind of just where I was at. Kind of where my coach kept me at for a while, like for whatever reason. So I, uh, I never logged any high mile weeks or high mile races until January of this year. So, um, it was. I really wasn't sure, you know, I, I probably come across as cocky in some posts and maybe how I talk. I'm not, I'm confident because I work really hard, but as I've even written posts about like, that's not, even if I seem that way, I was very, my point is that I'm, I was very actually nervous about being able to finish it. Right. I, I really wasn't. Yeah. I read every blog on it, every article written about it. And I, uh, yeah, I really just wasn't sure. I had, I just had no clue. I did a last day in standing in January and I'd gotten 73 miles, but it was a different format and it was flat. So like, whereas that gave me a little bit of confidence, I also couldn't run for a month after. So I was really worried about like a ton of stuff. Um, so the fact that I, you know, and also I, I was like, I really thought I could get re-injured super easily. Uh, yeah. there was definitely a high propensity for it, but I've been doing a lot of the right things and going to the chiropractor and blah, 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 doing all my rehab stuff. So like, I, um, yeah, no, it was, it was my favorite because it was the one I worked the hardest in a short time for. And, you know, it paid off. It was just, it was the most difficult thing I've never thought about. I've never literally thought about dropping out of a race ever. Right. Ever. First of all, ever, like in general, like that, that thought of like, I'm not going to do well. I did a last man, but that's because, you know, you have to take yourself out of the race. So you're obviously thinking about it, but up until that, you know, I never experienced that. I never cried during a race. I cried. Like, I had tears in my eyes for so many miles. Um, it's <laughs> a, you know, and that's, that's what drew me to ultra running though. I remember seeing a couple of videos about it where people were just like, almost like a spiritual, like, you know, just this total, you, you can't really describe it to somebody that hasn't done one, you know, like you, you can't really, but that feeling, you know, like you said, that feeling when you see the finish line, when you finally realize that, you know, you're, it's over and you're done. It's like, it's just, I mean, it can be life changing, man. It's just, it's, there's nothing like it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So my last question is, is the reverse of that question. Tell me which race you disliked the most and why. Oh, That one usually stumps people. It does, because you don't think about the race you hate the most. Yeah. Um, and I used like, to say hate, but I changed it to dislike, because everybody would be like, well, I can't really say I hated a race. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I probably can. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so let me, I'm going to think really hard about this. What would I consider my least favorite? Uh, well, I mean, God, that's, that's kind of a hard one because there's ones that have my least favorite outcome, but it wasn't because of the race. Right. You know what I mean? It was my least favorite because of, right. um, you know, like what had happened during the race. So... I guess really overall, like all factors considered, though, probably. I mean, probably the Indiana Sprint, like 2018, when I wasn't really racing a lot, like Drew and I had broken up. I just, it was kind of a mess of a race. I had not trained for the hills whatsoever. We had gone out the night before. It was like a perfect storm. Like I didn't like the I didn't like the course. I failed a bunch of obstacles. I remember like like I got poison ivy. I remember laying down in the yes. fields like a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a real like I think that was probably my least favorite. If you like all factors considered, like I did terrible in it. Uh, I mean there <laughs> there was a lot a lot of reasons um, I did not care for it. And then also too, it's funny because. I started just not enjoying Spartans as much because, and again, this is ironic because I felt that they had become more of a runner's race for females. Yeah. That the best runners won because they could burpee out. Whereas like I had a relatively easy time with obstacles for most of my OCR career, but I was never that super, super fast girl. So, um, yeah, I think I was also, cause yeah, cause I switched to Spartan or I switched to Savage at the end of that year. So I think, you know, at that time, like I was just kind of burnt out on Spartan in general. Um, which, you know, like, I have nothing against the organization. It's awesome. I spent three years, like, racing tons of their races. Just for me, you know, the lack of the same obstacles over and over, I just felt, yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's definitely the one I'm going with. I'm going with Indiana. I'm going with Indiana Spring. One of my, probably one of my last partners, actually, to be to, to be fair. I think I was in my last four that I've done, for sure. I did Jacksonville 2020. I did Asheville in 2019. And, yeah, maybe that one and, like, two others in 18. Definitely one of the last few. Right on. Yeah. Well, Charlotte, that's all I got. Do you want to tell people how they can reach out to you if they want to get some uh, training or follow you on Instagram or whatever? Absolutely. Uh, well, the easiest thing to do is just shoot me a DM through Instagram, actually. That's the one I check the most. Um, you can also shoot me an email. At, it's the same as my Instagram. So my Instagram is charlottecocr. And that is the same as my Gmail, which is charlottecocr at gmail.com. So just shoot me a message saying that you're interested in remote coaching or if you live in Wilmington, which you, which you may or may not listening to this, uh, you know, say you're interested in in-person training and get it going. Yeah. So absolutely. Definitely follow me. I'm always talking about my clients and workouts and crazy races. So try to be inspirational. So yeah, hit me up there. Absolutely. Yeah, and like we said earlier, my girlfriend, she uses Charlotte, and um, yeah. she's really been enjoying it. My girlfriend's used several coaches, and I think she's enjoyed using you the most. And uh, um, and she, she likes how, like, when she tells you that if she's having a problem with a certain exercise or something, you're really quick to give her an alternate, and she really appreciates that, I think, too. Awesome. Yeah. I'm super, I do super personalized. I don't have like 90 clients. Like I, I spend time. If I have too many clients, I stop taking them because I want to make sure I can be here. Like that is one thing too. Like I always answer messages. Like 
it's very personalized. And I write, and your weeks are literally personalized to your race schedule. So, yeah, I try to be kind of not a cookie cutter coach. So I'm super happy to hear that. I love her. She's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool, Charlotte. Hey, well, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for talking to us. And uh, good Absolutely. luck this year. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Charlotte Curtis again for taking time to talk to us. And I just think it's awesome what she's doing, you know, coming from somebody who didn't like to run for a long time. And now she's early in her ultra running career. She got second place at the Georgia death race. That's just badass. Anyway, no new reviews at this time. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you leave a review, I'll read it on the show. Whenever that next episode might be, you never know with me. Uh, Charlotte is this weekend. I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. My first race of the year is calling for rain Friday and Saturday, so it might be a muddy one. Hopefully, we won't get no thunderstorms there on Saturday to mess up anybody's races. Hopefully, they'll let us do some extra laps for us season pass holders because I'm looking forward to get two or three. Anyway, if you see me at the race, come up to me and say, hey, what's up? I look forward to seeing everybody out there at the next race. Peace. Is that like a thing on the show? Does that ever get like brought up? What? A versus a, I'm a Spartan or I'm a Spartan. Not really. You were the first person I ever pointed out. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, you can just say uh, it like we say it in the South. I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How's that? That was fucking great, dude. You can all come through? Yeah, man.